49 coming at you from Victoria and Queensland. Welcome to the podcast, Scotty. Hi, Mel. Have you had a good week? Um, yeah, I have. I have. <laughs> there was some hesitation there. I'm not sure I believe you. <laughs> I'm just trying to think. Have I had a good week? And yeah, I have. Okay. I'll tell you what. i tell you what the highlight of my week has been. I should say my daughter's Christmas concert, but it's not. I finished on top of my fantasy football league. <laughs> That's been the highlight of my week. Well, what do you get for that? Cash. Cash money. You actually get cash, not just bragging rights. No, it's real cold, hard American dollars too. Wow. Congratulations. We go into playoffs now, so there's a, there's a prize for finishing on top and then there's a prize for winning the playoffs. Mm, cool. What's been the highlight of your week? Can you top that? Oh, I don't know if I can top that. Oh, yes. Okay, so Kasha had her Christmas concert. I also had a Christmas concert and I played in it on Friday and I got to wear a smashing green dress despite some silly looking sunburn that I acquired the week before. But I played and I didn't even fake any of the songs this year. So that was the highlight of my week. Explain faking the songs. <laughs> well, this is the second year. So I've been learning to play cello for two years. And last year we also had a Christmas concert. And there's always a workshop beforehand where, you know, and, and we've been practicing the carols for a long time. However, all the really good advanced level students play a lot faster than I do. So... In these situations, rather than playing bad notes that everyone will notice sound terrible, you just kind of smile and fake it. <laughs> so last year, um, I think I played two out of eight of the songs and all the rest of them I just happily pretended I was playing. But this year I played them all. Do you pull the bow away from the strings? So you're still moving your arms. So yeah, like yeah, you're, you're still moving your arms. You still move your fingers. You know, it's just it's just like miming, <laughs> and you just have it really gently on the strings so that it's everyone is drowning out any possible sound that your cello makes. Okay, that sounds like my kind of cello playing. I think I'd be good at that too. Yeah, but just don't tell anyone. Okay, that's our secret. I don't look great in a green dress. <laughs> have you tried? <laughs> No, but I love your accessories. I saw the photo. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you're not the only one who pointed out the fact that I was wearing my my GPS watch and my parkrun wristband. Yeah. But you well, know, it's... Because you're so little, it stands out because the GPS watch is so big. And they're, they're, on my, um, they're on my left hand too, of course, which is the one that is playing all the chords on, on the actual neck of the cello so I'm sure they were prominently displayed for the entire performance. Well they're both worthy highlights. Do you think they'll make the news? Probably not because we just talked about them now but let's see if anyone else has got some highlights in the news. When Tommy Patton Jr. Parkrun processed their results on Sunday they were the 1,000th Parkrun event to do so. It was the first time Parkrun HQ have processed more than 999 events in one weekend. 
We are also edging very close to having 3 million registered runners, with that number to tick over sometime in the next week or so. Parkrun adventurers chasing some kilometres with altitude this week set off at 5.30am on Friday the 9th of December for the 2016 Costa Kosciuszko. Bunyville parkrunner Kevin Muller reached the finish line first in a time of 27 hours, 55 minutes and 5 seconds. Former Parkrun Adventurers podcast guest Trevor Allen came in at 11th place with a fantastic time of 32 hours, 24 minutes and 11 seconds, closely followed by Victorian parkrunner George Mihalikolas on 32 hours, 33 minutes and 30 seconds. And Wangaratta parkrunner Sharon Schultz was fifth lady over the line, completing her first C2K in 36 hours, 27 minutes and 44 seconds. Richmond Olympic Park Run in Canada received a visit from some Aussie adventurers on Park Run Day, and they arrived in style. The Buck family from Gundawindi Park Run were escorted to and from their weekly timed 5k run in a stretch limo, much to the amusement of the other park runners. Reportedly, this mode of transportation was more economical than taking two cabs. The adventurers were also fortunate enough to be treated to some snow fun was had by all. There was lots happening in the news, but let's get back to your parkrun adventures, Mel, because I know you had a jam-packed weekend. I did. I am absolutely knackered. Um, It all started at Central Lakes, and actually it started before Central Lakes because, you know, they had a Hawaiian theme, and I was super excited because I was going to wear my pineapple dress, and I got my pineapple dress out, well, I I should call it a costume because, you know, anything that adds what appears to be 50 kilos of weight to you is probably not classified as a dress by most women, but it... um, I got it out and it, I, I was having some wardrobe malfunctions with some of the sequins on it. So I, I had to repair those on Friday night, which I did. And it was all fine and it was all ready to go. And then on Saturday morning, I had to get Adam to help me get it on because it's it's one of those ones that you've got to go in from the bottom and you sort of dive. You have to have your arms up and, and your head tucked in between your arms and, and try to be as skinny as possible and then have it sort of pulled down around you. And I got it about two-thirds of the way and my head was still inside this giant ball of foam and it got stuck. <laughs> I was freaking out. I get claustrophobic if my feet are restrained or if, you know, you have a sleeping bag that's too tight. I can't deal with that. And this was just, I had this moment of panic and I started screaming at Adam to take it off and he he couldn't pull it off fast enough. And he's like, stop squirming. And I couldn't, and I was screaming at him, like, I can't breathe. And so he um, he eventually got it off. And then after the heart palpitation settled down, <laughs> I went back down to the costume room and I got out my um, backup Hawaiian outfit, which is a grass skirt and a Hawaiian shirt and lots of lays. 
And then I was able to breathe and then we were able to go. But I'm a bit disappointed because, you know, four years ago I got to wear my pineapple costume and I was really looking forward to wearing it again. And I just couldn't physically do it. It was bizarre. Is the suggestion that you've grown or the pineapple has <laughs> shrunk? <laughs> I don't know. I think um, – I don't think so. I'm pretty sure – like, because it, it just – it didn't get stuck in in places where you think you've added weight on or anything like that. It's just unless my shoulders got more broad or something, I don't know. It's I think perhaps I just had better control of my claustrophobia four years ago because I had spent at that stage like 50 hours making this costume and I was going to wear it hell or high water. But yeah, this time I was just like, nah, it's not happening. No, if I can't get into it I I can't get out of it quickly that's where the claustrophobia comes from and you start thinking about what if I fall in the ocean and then I'm going to drown because it's going to soak up all this water and suck me down and it doesn't matter that Central Lakes is nowhere near the ocean it's all irrational well it is obviously near a lake yes there is a lake I was volunteering as timekeeper, so there was no chance I was going near the lake. <laughs> like I said, phobias are not rational things, so they just they get in your head and they take control. And, yep, couldn't do my pineapple costume. So, yes, but I digress. We got to Central Lakes, and it was a beautiful, cool morning, which is nice because it's been very, very warm the last couple of weeks up here and the girls did a fabulous job there was a lot of bright Hawaiian going on and yummy cake to be had and there were no no hitches with any of the results and it was a great morning good oh sounds like fun and a grass skirt much more sensible but the fun didn't stop there park run extends beyond seven o'clock on a Saturday morning for you these days Oh, these days it's 24-7. <laughs> no, on Saturday night I drove out to Wondai, which is west. Uh, because Wondai is launching a park run in January and they were having their trial run on Sunday morning. So rather than get up an extra two and a half hours earlier on Sunday, I thought I'd drive out. And I stayed with Roz, who is the event director out there, or the co-ED on Saturday night and spent all evening talking parkrun. So if I sound like I'm kind of losing my voice, that's a combination of cheering on Saturday morning, singing at the top of my lungs in the car for about five hours worth of driving over the weekend and talking a lot about parkrun when I was in Wondai. And they've got a fantastic course out there. All their runners who showed up at the trial are super excited. And they were hoping, you know, just wishing it could start next week. They're that ready for it. They don't want to wait till January. So it's going to be another great event. I can't wait to go back out in January and perhaps run it myself next time. So Wondai, how big is Wondai? Um, I don't know what the population is like. It's sort of... It's it's one of those towns that's got about three streets, so the main street, you know, just all all together in the centre. It's a small regional town. Um, I don't know what to compare it to. Okay, but I'm getting it's, the idea. Three streets. Yeah. And it's going to be hot inland Queensland. It will be. 
it wasn't it wasn't this weekend because it was so cool with the overcastedness. It didn't quite rain, but yeah, it will be warm. It will definitely be warm. But that's all right. We we're, we're built tough up here. We can handle it. No doubt. And great to see they're excited. And yes. like we've said before, you know, regional towns really can embrace parkrun and it can make a massive difference. Absolutely. And they've got a couple of running clubs there or in the surrounding areas already that are very psyched about it and are going to get on board and support it too, which is always wonderful to hear. But then, of course... It didn't stop there either. It didn't stop there either. I just could not get enough of Parker on this weekend. And so back on the Sunshine Coast on Sunday afternoon, we ran a trial of another alternative course for my home park run at Kiwana because during the summer period with the school holidays and the influx of adventurers the existing path doesn't cope very well with the numbers that we get so for safety reasons we've been looking at alternatives just to switch to for the summer months Uh, it's kind of a stipulation that we have agreed with with our local council it's not ideal but making the best of a situation and it was a really fun afternoon. This alternative course actually starts on the beach and it runs the runners on a beach for about a kilometre before they join the normal path and then finish the rest of the course and the feedback was overwhelmingly positive which is amazing because there's been a bit of resistance from the runners about having to do an alternate course and everybody was really they they were honest they said it was challenging to run on the sand lots of them actually had to walk um, up the rise that moves them from the sand up onto the path even the fast runners they stopped and walked and um, so they said it was challenging but they all enjoyed it and uh, some of our other park runners that we didn't know about were down on the beach and took photos of them and they posted them on the page later and everybody was smiling they were all having a great time so I'm hoping it uh, gets received very well it's looking like it will be the preferred option of the two that we've trialed I just have to get the final okay from council that they're happy with it and then we will be having a beach Christmas park run so looking forward to that yeah, well, they actually don't know how lucky they are to be able to change it. It's only for a couple of months of the year. It is. And it sounds like you've come up with a great alternative, something completely different by running on the sand. Yeah, unfortunately, it um, does prevent pram runners from being able to participate at Kiwana. However, we only usually get one or two of those. And we are lucky enough to be only three kilometres away from our closest park run, which is super pram friendly and very family friendly. So if they desperately must run there's always the option of going to Brightwater. Sounds perfectly reasonable to me. Do you want to hear about my parkrun adventures? Yes I do. I've just (laughs) dominated this conversation. Everyone's sick of hearing from me. Well that's not true but I didn't have any. Just went to my home run. But um, yeah since going back to Westerfolds I've been there for a few weeks in a row now. I'm starting to really feel like home again. Like you never left? Yeah, a little bit. But no adventures for me lately. But I know that's all going to change soon.
The parkrun world is buzzing. We are ready to launch our 200th event here in Australia. And to join us on the podcast this week is the event director of that said 200th event. Welcome to the podcast from Mullum Mullum Parkrun, Scotty Hawkins. Hello, Scott. Hello, Mel. How are you? We're super awesome. <laughs> Fantastic. And there's no controversy around it either. We are definitely the 200th park run, and uh, no correspondence will be entered into. So explain to me, are you the only event that is launching on the 17th? No, I, I, I wasn't actually so precious about it, but it has been explained to me that we were the 200th um, event to register, and that uh, we're also... Technically, because of the time difference between uh, Queensland and ourselves, actually the 200th event to run as well. So, uh, yeah, it's pretty exciting. A, a monumental feat for Australian park run and, uh, and just a fun time for the people of Mullumullum. Hence the no correspondence shall be entered into. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there are other launches that are happening on the day too, and we wish them all the best as well. You don't have to delay processing your results or anything like that. You're not going to be in any kind of results standoff. <laughs> Who's going to be the last one no, to do I it? Don't think no, so. <laughs> it's oh, all good natured humour. There's no, there's no ill feeling between the two of you. None at all. Well, tell us about Mullum Mullum because where, whereabouts? It's in Melbourne. So, um, it, it started when uh, you and I had a conversation uh, on one of our uh, Westerfolds runs, and uh, I noticed that there was just a big hole in between uh, three other park runs. So, um, where Westerfolds Park Run and Lilydale Lake Park Run and uh, Angel's Park Run, there's a big gap in the outer eastern suburbs of Melbourne. And, uh, and it's in the Ringwood-ish area, uh, which is a main hub of the Outer East. And uh, so I looked around for some time to find the right location and, uh, yeah, landed on a place at Mullumullum Park that follows the Mullumullum Creek next to the Mullumullum Tunnel. Uh, that's a lot of Mullumullums. Was that the reasoning behind going with Mullumullum over Ringwood? Uh, no, my understanding is that uh, that the trend is now to name the uh, the park runs after the park and not after the region that they're in. So, uh, because it uh, follows Mullumullum uh, Creek and the Mullumullum Reserve, uh, yeah, that was why the name is is that. Although there was um, there were some people who were cheering for it to become Ringwood Park Run because I think that would have made it the only park run in a start in Australia starting with an R. Now tell me, Scott. Room, there's there's rumours running rife that um, Scott Trickett is actively locating any park runner named Scott and putting them up to being a, uh, an event director, or you know just suggesting that they should start their own event because he wants to inflate the numbers of Scots that are volunteering in a competition with the males that are volunteering. And so yes, I, I'm all for it. Why not? Tell us then. Tell us about your parkrun journey and your running journey. Because when I met you, I think it's fair to say you you weren't a typical runner. Yep. Well, that's true. I, I, I my parkrun journey actually started a lot um, uh, a long time before I actually did my first parkrun. I uh, I actually remember 
um, being at our former house and it had a park across the road. And my kids used to enjoy um, kicking the soccer ball around the park and, uh, Dad, will you come and uh, kick the ball with us? About five minutes into kicking the ball and I am wheezing and puffing and I can barely move. So I kicked the ball under a fence. And, uh, and the kids didn't want to go uh, climb the fence to uh, be able to um, get the ball. And I rudely said to those kids, to my shame, if you don't get the ball and I have to go and get it, the game's over. Knowing that they wouldn't do it just so that the game would end so I could uh, end my own torture, which is what happened. I went and got the ball and I ended the game and the kids were all disappointed. And that, that was the trigger for me that said, no way, that's just... How bad is that? that? As a dad, I had to end a game of soccer just because five minutes into it, I was wheezing and puffing and couldn't couldn't go anymore. I was 120 kilos and uh, and terribly out of shape, and it started a journey. And uh, it began with some uh, well, a lot of diet change and uh, and some walking, and eventually the walking became cycling, and the cycling became running. And uh, and I heard from a friend of a friend of a friend about park runs, so I Googled it and saw that there was one at a park down the road from me and uh, was way too nervous to actually just turn up for the first event. Uh, so went for a, uh, a jog around the park uh, myself to see if I could first of all make the distance, uh, concerned that I, that I wouldn't be able to make the distance. But... Um, Managed to be able to do it, so turned up on that first Saturday, didn't know anyone, and uh, and loved it. Had a great time. Came back the next week, and a guy called Barney remembered my name, and because he was called Barney, I remembered his name, and uh, and it just began a journey of getting to know some great people, and uh, and uh, yeah, it's been it's been it's been so much fun. And in that time, I've missed one park run uh, in the whole time. And that was because I was in a country that didn't run parkrun. And I even Googled to see which country was closest that I might be able to get to one, but it was a ridiculously long distance. So I've only ever skipped the one. And all that leads to you starting your own this Saturday. So, yes. Yeah, yeah. We, um, well, you and I were out for a jog together and, uh, and, I'd said, look, I'd been thinking about this um, this big gap in the uh, in the events in the outer east, and you highlighted to me that somebody else was thinking the same, and Matt Fullerton was also thinking that, and so um, together we uh, we went to the local council and put some proposals forward, and heard some reasons why it couldn't be run here and couldn't be run there. Came up with a with a solution, but our solution ran across three different council boundaries. We thought, oh, what are we going to do? So I approached three different councils, all had different rules, all had different people, all had different ways of processing it all. And we did wonder whether it was ever going to get off the ground. Um, but then it was through another park runner who, uh, who happened to work for the main um, East Link Highway um, that said, you know what, I reckon it's the highways department that own that path and not the uh, local councils. And sure enough, we were able to work with them and it was able to get off the ground and it was about an 18 month journey I think from concept to launch but yeah we're getting ready to launch this Saturday and it's it's gotten very real all of a sudden. 18 months you had that number 200 on the goal the whole time didn't you? 
<laughs> that was always our goal. We thought, no, we're going to hang out. It'll be worth the wait. <laughs> it will be worth the wait. We are that stubborn. <laughs> now, Scott, I am really impressed that you um, have the honesty to admit that it was a moment with your children that, you know, like a rock bottom moment almost that sort of was a pivotal for you in your journey. Do your kids ever come to Park Run with you? They do. And that's been my absolute joy. And uh, I've had uh, four of my five children have, uh, have run with me and uh and it's fantastic and i had uh one of my younger uh one of my younger kids said to me oh no i won't come i don't want to slow you down and i had to explain to them that the whole reason that i'm doing this is because i want to be able to engage with my kids more and so every week uh, i run with my kids sometimes all of them sometimes some of them and they're doing great um from the time that my boys were four years old they were they were running, and uh, now my um, five-year-old son has a 38-minute uh, a PB, and my six-year-old son has a 28-minute uh, PB, and it's just amazing. They uh, really give me a workout. My wife gets a bit concerned, and she said, you sure you're not pushing them too hard? I said, you're <laughs> kidding? When they cross the line, the first thing that they want to do is go and play tiggy and run around the playground afterwards, so... They finish their run and they want to keep running. So it's been fantastic. And it was my son's birthday on Thursday. It also happened to be the day that he got his um, 10 Park Run, Junior Park Run T-shirt. And, uh, and you could imagine that um, none of the other birthday presents compared to the joy of receiving his uh, Junior Park Run T-shirt. He thought that was fantastic. He was running around the kitchen, fist-pumping the air, saying how great that shirt was and uh, you know, ignoring the rest of the presents that we spent uh, ages thinking about and dollars buying. But uh, <laughs> nonetheless, he loves it. So, yeah, it's um, been a real family journey for us and uh, the whole family will be there on uh, on Saturday to a whole new era of it as well. I've seen firsthand the impact that you've had with your boys or your family running. And on the weekend, we uh, awarded Scott the Park Runner of the Month at Worcester Folds and uh, Lucas was a bit chuffed with the trophy. Look at the show and tell today. <laughs> he, <did. laughs> he was showing all the kids in his class and talking about how he won Park Runner of the Month, and his teacher had to point out that it's actually his dad's name that's on the uh, trophy, but he claims <laughs> that because he's in the photograph and because he helped me carry it around the five kilometres, it uh, equally belongs to him as well. Oh, no doubt. <laughs> Which I won't does. begrudge him, because I think it is a part of his. No, I think I watched him for about 30 seconds on Saturday, just playing a, a game of standoff with the trophy. Wouldn't take his eyes. But that truly is one of the joys of Parkrun to see that and, you know, to see families and, and dads and their boys running together. It was just fantastic. It's great that you're going to be able to do it. Yeah, great. Mullum, mullum. Let's just yeah. touch on the course a little before we before we wrap it up. It's half yep. trail and half path. 
we take off on dirt, we head on to concrete, we then move on to uh, tarmac, we head from there up a, uh, a, uh, a trail um, hill and down the other side across some wooden bridges and uh, turn around uh, and then follow along the creek. Uh, so it's got everything. It's got some, uh, it's got some undulation, it's got a hill that's not, uh, that's not, uh, it's not an incredible hill but it's still a hill and it'll, uh, it'll, you'll know about it by the time you get to the top. It's, um, it's got different kinds of um, trail and path. It's interesting. It's, uh, it's, it's gorgeous to look at and, uh, and a great course to run. Are you expecting crazy crowds, especially of adventurers who want a piece of the 200 action? Well, it would be nice to have 200 people at the 200th park run. Certainly on social media and uh, you know, on the website, there has been a lot of interest. And in just anecdotally talking around with other, with other runners, there's, um, there's good evidence to think it'll be popular. And it's right in the middle of a busy um, corridor of people that haven't had access to uh, a community event like this run weekly and free. So um, there's certainly some interest uh, from other people outside of the parkrun community about um, starting up now that there's going to be an event that's close enough for them to participate in. So, yeah, I'd expect that um, there'll be a lot of people and so we've uh, listed some alternate parking places and things like that to make sure that there's room for everybody. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be great and uh, we're looking forward to building a community of people who see it as their regular run as well as welcoming people that come in as adventurers uh, from all over the the country and around the world. So, yeah, looking forward to both. I cannot even count the episodes it's been since we've spoken to Mr Hay for Facts in a Haystack. But you need not wait any longer because he's here. Ian, welcome back to the podcast. Hooray, finally. It's been way too long. (laughs) Time goes way too fast this year. It does. It's been one of those crazy ones and we're definitely deep in the silly season now. So thank you for making some time to get some stats together for our adventurers. What have you got for us? I thought I'd better finish the year in a bit of a review and go over the year that has been and... um pull out some stats I've done some stats on different events and what, what they've done for the year and also some around uh, some park run as well so um, start out with some event uh, information uh, the first one I've got is around event records I thought I'd look at the ones we had a, I don't know if everyone remembers but closer to the beginning of the year we had a lot of event records um, so leading through January February March there was a lot of um usually get the New Year's resolution is coming in in January, but it seemed to go on for a really long time just getting event record after event record. So I thought I'd look at who got the most records for the year. And we've got at the top of the list, we've got the Ponds. They had nine event records this year, which is huge. You mean attendance records? Attendance records, yes. Glad you're always nine. here to, to explain what I'm talking about sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's all right. I'm sure probably everybody else understood, but I just take a little bit of extra. That's all right. But yes, nine at the ponds, which I think that's massive. Um, and were they quite closely grouped together, or were they spread out throughout the year? Um, most of them were at the start of the year, but I didn't. I haven't got the ponds one, the specifics in front of me, but I think they went out a bit further um, into the year. 
but the the group that got second, so we actually had a, a group of three that got second that had seven um, event records: um, Maribyrnong, Shell Harbour, and Stones Corner. Um, I know Stones at Stones we had them all, most of them at the beginning of the year. It was just one after the other. It was great. It was fantastic. So it was fun at the time. So <laughs> something to look forward to for next year as well, no doubt. Oh yeah. So I don't know about Stones because I think we hit four hundred and fifty for our. Um, our anniversary and I don't know if we want to go quite that high too quickly again so but you can't turn away park runners <laughs> especially not the new resolution ones that's right so, yep. they're serious for a couple of solid months there yeah but I thought I'd break it down a bit further and see how many who had the longest streaks so who had the longest attend, attendance event record streaks so rather than just going the full nine who who held it week after week and Wangaratta came in first. So they had four weeks in a row of attendance records. Nice job, Wangaratta. That's pretty impressive. We haven't um, had too many course attendance records on the Sunshine Coast in a while. It's just interesting to see which areas have the growth during those pe- busy periods. Yeah, that's right. I thought I'd look at something a little bit different too was – I tried to pull up a bit of different stats this time. I found one that I was looking at was who had the biggest difference in number of attendances. Um, so what were their smallest number of uh, park runners one week to the biggest um, all this over, over this entire year, so over 2016. And the one I found was the Terrace. So um, it, it was actually a launch. So their launch was 693 uh, and their smallest was 28. So quite a big range there. I was going to say Sirame because they had a similar situation from their first to second weeks. Spot on, yes. Sirame is the other one. 11 up to uh, 620. So so I thought I'd do one as well, just excluding launch to try and get rid of those um, those numbers as well. Newey, their smallest was 129 up to 744, which is huge. Uh, Lake Mac was 71 and their biggest was 591. So I didn't actually check. They might be anniversaries as Those, well. I bet they were anniversaries. I think the Newey one was. Because that, that's huge, 744. And then Rocks, they had 37 and then up to 488. So I suspect that would be an anniversary as well. I thought I wouldn't leave our smaller events out because, to be honest, I love the small events. They're, they're so much fun to run and they're just a um, small group of people that you can chat with and get to know. Um, so I thought I'd pick our smaller events as well. So our smallest number for, for the um, year was Atherton. They had one person. Um, I'm guessing it was probably a rainy day, that one. So. They had one? They had one person. They had two volunteers that day. So they were th- oh, I was going to say, did you check the volunteers? <laughs> two there. So. That's brilliant. Yep, so good on that one person for showing up, so that's awesome. And good on the volunteers for still running the show. Yeah, that's cool. I really like the small events. And um, Broadbeach actually had a week there with five as well, so I'm guessing it was a rainy day. I wonder, do you, I don't suppose you know off the top of your head how fast that runner was at Atherton. I didn't look, no. He came first. Because that's the, yeah, well, <laughs> they, they did, and, and that's the kind of thing I could get a top five finish on a week like that you know exactly yep you've got to pick your, pick your time there and yep if you want to go podium finish then Athens, Athens the place to go or if you choose the right weekends isn't it this time of year you guys in Queensland have some wild weather weekends yeah but that doesn't really dampen the numbers we've got hardcore runners up here you need to look at the forecast say you know this week's going to be terrible I'm getting myself to Atherton oh I see what you mean yep too many top 10 finishes you can get around uh, Queensland. <laughs> Just based on bad weather. 
<laughs> That's right. So I thought I'd also just look at the uh, smallest average. Um, so Clare Valley averages around 16 and Atherton averages around 17. So um, Atherton and Pittsworth were both on 17, the smallest average. So like I said, I love those small events. They're, they're great fun to go along to. So it's really cool to see um, to see the um, event directors putting that on and being committed to that, that community. So, yeah. Absolutely agree. Um, I thought I'd look at volunteers as well. Um I thought it was interesting to see. I wanted to look at the two different ranges in the number of volunteers. So I've already tipped off one of them. So Atherton and Hamilton Island have had the smallest number of volunteers at two, all the way up to Newey at 23. So it's a big range of different volunteer requirements at each event. So. I bet that 23 happened at their anniversary too. <laughs> you need 23 people to deal with 700 plus runners. Exactly. So even then, I think it'd be a bit full on morning. So absolutely. Um, but the average across the country is about nine each week. It seems to average around that. So for the years, I thought I'd do some big numbers. So for the for the entire year, um, now I, I didn't mention at the start all these stats exclude this week. I haven't had a chance to load my database, uh, so it doesn't include this week just gone. But to date this year, we've had eighty one thousand volunteers across the entire year. Now compare that to last year, we had sixty thousand for the entire year of twenty fifteen. Um, so it's a big jump up, as you'd expect with our growth. And we had a big milestone on the 26th of the 11th, which we missed. We hit 1 million runners for the year for 2015. Ah, 2016. Um, 2015, we never made it over. So 700, we didn't make it over 770,000. So this year, we've already hit over a million. This is just in Australia. Yep. So not individual runners, but the number of runs that we've had over the year, over the all of 2016. That's 5 million kilometres. Yes. How cool is that? It's insane. Yep, that's a lot of running. It is. That's got to be to the moon and back and then some, surely. Yep. I was going to try and compare it, being uh, coming up to Christmas time, try and compare it to uh, something like in the kilometre Santa does, but um, no, we're not even close to what he does. <laughs> <laughs> We've got a little bit more to go to get there. Yeah, I reckon his garments all over the shop, in and out of houses, zigzagging all over the place. Yep. Give a couple more years, we'll catch him. So now we're going to look at the Peel Club. So yes, this, we've got 15 in the Peel Club this um, at the moment, and we've had nine people added to it this year. Wow, that's a lot of dedicated adventurers. Yep, so this year they've been very busy. There's actually been no one added to the Peel Club in Queensland or New South Wales this year. It's all been uh, in other states. So they've started in those states. Yeah, so they'd already done everything in Queensland, New South Wales and added the other states this year. And we've actually got 17 people with uh, one event left to go. They're all on the precipice. Yes, exactly. Uh, in the Compass Club, so we've got two people on that at the moment. So we've got Brendan Peel and Neil Barnett. Uh, we've actually got 18 with one event left. Most people have got Geograph, uh, Geograph Bay left to go. Yes, and I did get the inside word about whether or not a Margaret River was going to launch anytime soon. <laughs> just, just to see, you know, if somebody did decide to take a trip to WA to do Geograph Bay, how long would they remain in the Compass Club before they got pushed out by another launch? And I believe the um, answer to that question is at least six months. Pretty safe. Can we just get a quick update on the events that you needed to have run at? in order to be part of the Compass Club? Darwin, Hobart, Kingscliff and Geograph Bay. Yes, good memory. It's interesting, Darwin's got, so the, those 18 people, um, all of them are done Darwin. 
Yeah, they would have done that on their quest to join the Peel Club. (laughs) (laughs) There's probably a bunch in that 18 who have done an event in WA as well, but now they have to go back. Yep. So you're welcome, Geograph Bay. We are sending more people to you. So that is it for the year in review. But to finish up, I hear that we're on uh, podcast number 49, so we're going to do some 49 stats for the year um, overall. So I looked in the database to see what we've got around the magic number 49. The number of park runners that are on 49 at the moment, now like I said, that excludes this week, so my apologies. Um, We've got 288 people sitting on 49 park runs at the moment. Wow. There's a lot of people going to join us on our milestone 50. Exactly. So they've all got to go running next week. Can I just say, you know what that highlights for me? That highlights for me... That's a lot of t-shirts and what a massive contribution Tribe Sports are giving to Parkrun. You know, that's every week. 288. And that's just the 50 shirts. It's amazing, isn't it? And that's just the people that are on the precipice for next week. You know, that doesn't count all the people the week after that and the week after that and the week after that. And the fact that, you know... They're so dedicated as well to the quality of the shirts that they're sending out and that, yes, we've had a couple of delays this year with some milestone shirts because of the quality control. But I, I, I agree. It's such an amazing commitment from them. Yeah. yeah. And I, I, I think everyone knows that there's a lot that they put out, but I don't think you really know just how many they're, no. um, they're putting out. It's, it's a lot. Yeah. Like that's one week on 49. So. Yeah. yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, very cool. Um, I thought I'd also pull out who's, which events have had exactly 49 parkrunners um, each week or at, at, over a week. So we've had 141 events have 49 parkrunners and we've had 61 this year. And I think I have to also mention out there, Castlemaine is dedicated to this podcast um, because they've done it five times. So they're, they're really dedicated <laughs> to 49. So <laughs> All in preparation for this episode, I'm sure. Exactly. Absolutely. So they've worked for that. 49 volunteers. So who's done 49 volunteer stints? I've got 15 people. How awesome are they? That's cool, isn't it? That's, that's really cool. That's very cool. That's double the aubergine, practically. And I thought I'd look at those uh, those park runners that are de- dedicated to the 49-minute mark down to the second, and there's 10 of those people who have done exactly 49 minutes. Awesome. Good on them. I'd be I'd be around that mark quite a few times, but I'm not sure I've ever I've hit it bang on the head. Yeah, it's pretty hard to get dead on that number. So that's yeah. it for the stats. So Ian, thanks very much. I'm statsed out for the year. You've ticked all my boxes for stats. Are you a hundred percent statsed out, Scotty? I am. Are you sure you don't have another one sneaking in there, Ian? I'm hoping I didn't miss one there. <laughs> Did you ask me for another one? He's setting I you up well? for something. There was another one that I did ask you for. Did I forget it, did I? You possibly have if it's not even occurring. What have I missed? <laughs> she was trying to find a stat that she could beat me on, but I got to him first, Mel. Oh, I did. I forgot to do that one. Oh, no. I was excited to do that one too. You got to him first, Scotty. What do you mean you got to him first? <laughs> I did forget that right. one, Mel. We, we, we might get you to um, come and record that for the 50th episode. <laughs> I'll definitely be in for that because that's a good number. A good one to be in for. No need. Did it, who, who won? Did I win? 
Oh, oh. I need a cameo just to cover that one, so absolutely. <laughs> yes, and I don't think he can divulge until he gets until he gets on the show. I think that's only fair. I'm willing to take the risk. <laughs> Scotty's not so sure. I'm judging by his silence. <laughs> Goodbye to Ian, but it looks like we're going to speak to you again next week, Ian. That, that works for me. I've, I've got to get that last one in there. Thanks for this week. See you next week. Thanks, guys. Well, if you're looking for cake this weekend, it's going to be slim pickings because there are no anniversaries. However, this time next year, there will be two anniversaries because we have two launches, one of which we've already spoken about. Actually, both of them we really spoke about. There's Mullum Mullum in Victoria. And where's the other one, Scotty? Underwood Park in Queensland. So it's Underwood Park Park Run. It's a bit controversial. Isn't it interesting that if Mullum Mullum had been called Ringwood, we would have had Underwood and Ringwood in the same week? Lots of woods. And I was thinking, you know... Lots of woods. We, in our interview with Scotty Hawkins, we said, Ringwood would be the R. What about Rocks Riverside and Rooty Hill? Yeah, we've got lots of R's. Rockhampton. Heaps. Heaps. You know, on Club Corner this week, we've timed it beautifully because our club, they've got two R's in their name. They do. Let's hear all about them. Joining us now on Club Corner is a returning guest named Rachel. She's from New South Wales and she has a super awesome club called Rachel's Runners. Welcome back to the podcast, Rachel. Hi, thank you. Thanks for having me back. So tell us a little bit about your club. Rachel's Runners started up in 2013 as a result of myself having got into running the year before and a lot of my friends had wondered how I did it and, and how I I stayed on track and I decided, well, maybe they needed some help if they were interested in learning to run. I could do it. So I just set up, I said, anyone want to come for a run? I'll show you how to, you know, how to start and how to keep going. We'll learn 5K. I'll take you through the, the motions. And, yeah, that's how it started. We just went to a 12-week process and people learned to run five kilometres and then we just kept doing it, repeating, and we got more and more people along for the ride. And I think we've had oh, maybe over 300 people now come along and join our club. And we have all different things now. We, we go away on trips together for running. We meet up and go to fun runs, of course. And obviously we've got park run on Saturdays. Do you have structured training sessions? Are you a, are you a qualified coach or is it more Yes, of a I am. At first, when I was first doing it, when it was just friends, we just did our own thing. And then as I've become right, you know, heavily involved in running, I went and got all my run coach accreditation. So I went and did the level one, then I went and did level two, recreational running. I've done the kids athletics coaching as well now because I'm also a school teacher, so that's handy as well. <clears throat> and, um, and now I do... Six out of seven days, I run 
running coaching classes as well. That's a lot of running. Tell me about <laughs> it. Oh, and we also just started a free run club on a Tuesday night as well. You know, just to fit something in while we we haven't got park run on a Saturday. And it's open to everyone because I was under the perception that it might just be a female-only running club, but you've corrected me. Yeah. So mainly, I guess because it started out with my friends, which are mostly girls, we um, <clears throat> it was women to start with, and then they started bringing kids along, and then they started bringing their husbands along or their partners, and we welcome everyone, <clears throat> just whether or not the, the guys are confident enough to join us, because it is the majority women most days. We've had some come through. Have you got one success story out of the club that you want to share with us? <sighs> There's so many. I think... Oh. There's so many. You can definitely tell from the first few weeks who's going to commit. Obviously, when I was first doing it, uh, going through the process of teaching others to run, you know, I was still learning myself. So, but now I've I've also learned the, the psychology of it too. And you can definitely you definitely know the pattern of when people, if they can make it through weeks three, four, five, they're generally going to be okay. So. Oh, let me think. There's so many. There's, there is one girl I can think of from the very first round that I started back in 2013. She'd been on a bit of a fitness journey. She had never run before. She was quite a bigger girl and she just started the Learn to Run program with me and that was in February we started and she said, I really, really want to um, do this 10K run. And it was in May and I was like, okay, and I was a bit nervous and I didn't know, you know, if I could provide enough support to get her there because, as I said, I was only a new runner myself and she was, I was only a new runner and she was even newer than me, but <clears throat> she was very good and she committed from the start and I always give homework to people to do in between sessions. And she did the homework and she made herself accountable to me or we have also a closed Facebook group that, you know, you can post up in any questions and whatever. And she did it. She got there. She did the 10Ks in May and it was just an amazing time, an amazing event to see and how happy she was and, and she did it. And then that, you know, that just sort of showed me that with determination – Anyone, anyone can do it and I'd already proved that to myself because, you know, as I said before, I wasn't a runner and, um, yeah, that was probably one of the biggest success moments I can remember. Where can they find Rachel's Runners? Where are you located? Oh, we've recently just spread our wings a little bit but we started in Milpera and Panania so we now run uh, groups in Panania, Reevesby, Menai, Cronulla, and San Susie. So all around the sort of south uh, and Ho uh, West Hoxton, which is Liverpool. So sort of southwest Sydney and south Sydney. We're just spreading our wings a bit. Great. A sign of a successful club. Thanks for coming on Club Corner this week, Rachel. No worries. Thanks for having me. Well, do you know, I feel all my Christmases have already come. Why? Because a couple of weeks ago, we asked for iTunes reviews. We got them, but I read them. 
They're really nice. People say really nice things <laughs> and it's all five stars. Oh, that's great news. So keep that coming. You don't need to ask again. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I like well, it. All now. the Christmases haven't come at once because obviously there's still more Christmases to be had, yep. according to Scotty. You can never have enough. <laughs> Positive feedback. We haven't had enough of it during the year, so it's really good to finish the year off on a high. And we've got one more episode next week to go. I'm excited. We're going to wrap Not up Not that we're ending for the year, but, you know, episode 50, that's kind of a big deal. Now, we've already established that you're not wearing pants tonight. I'm not wearing top. Next week. <laughs> we didn't establish <laughs> that. that was off air. Sorry. <laughs> but next week, I want you all in red. Pants, please. Just, <laughs> just for our 50th. <laughs> it is at this point that I should establish that there is no visual contact. <laughs> it's all audio. Okay, so I often podcast in my pajamas. But I said I've got my top. All, all sorts of attire. I've podcasted in in onesies through the winter. You got to do what's comfortable. Exactly. It comes through. And now you've given all sorts of terrible images to all sorts of people. Oh, Thanks, right. Scotty. Nobody listens to the end. <laughs> I've been looking at our stats. You know, Ian's been looking at parkrun stats. I've been looking at our stats. No one listens to this bit at the end. Say whatever you want. How can you tell? Well, stats, computers, they do amazing things these days. Oh, okay. Cool. So, anyone you want to bag? <laughs> no. Tell us which parkruns like are the worst. Which parkrun is yeah. the worst? Don't tell me your top three. Give me a bottom three. <laughs> There is no bottom three. Mel, no one's listening. <laughs> well, what, which are your bottom three, if you've got one, or two, or three? I'd have to think about it. Maybe yeah, okay. Maybe next week. All right. Something look I'm a little bit disappointed I didn't hear you and Scott doing any karaoke. Is he still on the line? If he's still on the line, we'll, we'll fire something up. I'll just check. Oh, he's gone. Oh, yeah, likely story. Otherwise, I would have. Mm. Maybe next week as well. Are you looking forward to next week? Yes. It's going to be great. I hope it is anyway. Have we got some surprises in store for anyone? <laughs> should we make some up? We should. We've got a whole week to plan it. <laughs> because we're so good with the planning. 